What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Andrew Gazdecki is the founder and CEO of MicroAcquire. In this conversation, we talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship, small business in America, and also why it is so important for us to celebrate the wins of the entrepreneurs that sell for multi-millions of dollars without any venture funding. I really enjoyed this conversation with Andrew, and I hope you do as well. But before we get into this episode, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FTX US. FTX.US is the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital assets. You can trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than top competitors. There are no fixed minimum fees, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees either. FTX.US is also the only leading exchange that supports both Ethereum and Solana NFTs. Download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP to earn these free crypto on every trade over $10. The more you trade, the more you earn. Go download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP. Today's episode is brought to you by Brave. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street, more control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com slash pomp and click the wallet icon to get started. Again, go download Brave at brave.com slash pomp and click the wallet icon to get started. Today's episode is sponsored by the Bitcoin 2022 Conference. Bitcoin 2022 is the largest Bitcoin event in the world that takes place April 6th through the 9th in Miami Beach, Florida. All four days will be jam-packed with exclusive content, exciting announcements, and an incredible lineup of Bitcoin speakers, artists, and leaders. Day one is industry day for enterprising Bitcoiners who are looking to build a business or career within the ecosystem. Days two and three are general conference days featuring speakers like El Salvador President Nayib Bukele, CEOs like Michael Saylor, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Maulers, Adam Back, and hundreds more. The conference caps off on the fourth day with the world's first and largest Bitcoin music festival, Sound Money Fest, headlined by rapper and fellow Bitcoiner Logic, featuring artists K-Flay, Mo, Royal, and The Serpent, Apache, Asadi, and more. Stay tuned for the upcoming lineup announcement. Last year's conference sold out, and this year's is on pace to be three times larger, so make sure you grab your tickets before it's too late. Visit b.tc slash conference to learn more. Again, that's b.tc slash conference to learn more. Ticket prices increase on January 14th. Use promo code POMP for 10% off, and I will see you in Miami. All right, let's get in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. We've got Andrew Gazdecki, the founder and CEO of MicroAcquire, who's going to be joining us. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for the invite. I appreciate it, man. 
Dude, I'm super excited about this. Uh, so for everyone who doesn't know, let's just get it out of the way. I'm an investor in microacquire, which means that betting on Andrew, betting on microacquire to work. The good news for me is that it's working. And it seems like there's a lot of people who are selling uh, their non-venture backed startups or products uh, via microacquire. So can you give us kind of an update as to how it's been going so far in terms of uh, uh, any metrics you can share? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'll speak to two things. High level, um, we've transacted, uh, I believe, up to 300 million in closed acquisition volume. So we've helped facilitate um, well over 500 acquisitions. Uh, last month alone, we did 65 million in acquisitions and 92 acquisitions. Um, and then the month before that, uh, January, I think a lot of people were closing out deals. So we did 120 plus acquisitions. Um, and that was around like 70 million in acquisitions. So we're seeing tens of millions of dollars um, in closed acquisitions per month. And so when you think about this, like who the hell is selling their businesses on a website and uh, never meeting the buyers in person? Like that's a crazy idea. 20 years ago when things like Craigslist came on and people weren't selling their companies, they were selling a physical item or they were trying to uh, find information locally. Now the idea to some people of, okay, I'm comfortable with a Craigslist an eBay, you know, some sort of other marketplace. Now I'm going to sell my business and I'm going to do it via a platform like this. Like who's the people that are actually doing this and what types of businesses are actually being sold? Because these are, you know, big numbers in terms of the, the traction that you've seen already, uh, where it's not just one or two companies per month doing this. Yeah, definitely. So we work with, um, pretty much every type of buyer you can think of. So a lot of private equity firms, a lot of role plays, um, corp debt teams from public companies, even venture back companies, even bootstrap companies are acquiring other bootstrap companies. So we see acquires, um, you know, M&A just had a banner year in 2001, I think. So we're, we're riding kind of that tailwind. Um, and when I started the business, I just thought, you know, entrepreneurship through acquisition is, is going to be a trend. Um, and I made a bet on that. And it's, you know, we're, we're definitely benefiting from those tailwinds. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, acquisitions are moving away from the golf course, steak dinners, um, and it's moving at a quicker pace. So it's, you know, how about a Zoom call? Um, like just from personal experience, when I sold um, business apps, a prior company, I had never met the team in person. Uh, we just had Zoom calls, sent over the information they needed. So I think, you know, um, acquisitions, how they're uh, conducted, is changing. Um Obviously on the larger scale, you know, there's more meetings, more, you know, in-person fly to the office, meet the team, but the companies that we're selling, you know, are generally sub 10 million in revenue. We're making an effort to like move up market, but uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, literally every day we see um, acquisitions ranging from, you know, $30,000 all the way up to like 5 million. So it's a, it's a pretty wide gap. 5 million. So it's a, it's a pretty wide gap. And then the companies that do sell, uh, our main focus is profitable SaaS. So profitable startups is, um, uh, kind of our sweet spot. Uh, we've since expanded into e-commerce newsletters, communities, crypto companies, um, mobile apps. Uh, again, pretty much we like to say, you know, we want to serve, 
the market of profitable software companies. So anything that kind of falls within line with that um, is a good fit for my micro acquire. Blah. Got it. And then when, when people are negotiating this, how much of it's like cash offers versus cash plus equity or earnouts, uh, seller financing? Like, is it mostly cash type offers or is it more what I'll just consider like complex uh, type deal structures that people need to be well-versed on deals to be able to do them? It depends on the buyer, but we see pretty much everything. I would say the most common would be all cash. So all cash up front. Um, there's been a good trend with uh, private equity firms where their main selling point is, uh, quick due diligence, 30 days. If you want to stay in the business or if you want to leave the business, that's totally cool. Um, if you want to keep a portion of the business, that's also, that's stuff to negotiate with the buyer. But we see a lot of um, uh, all cash deals. We see a lot of seller financing deals. And then we do see some of the more complex structures with like aqua hires where you got to come on the team. There's like a four-year best of stock. Um, so we kind of see the whole gamut, but I would say, um, all cash is kind of what most buyers or excuse me, what most sellers are looking for. Um, so that's typically what we see the most, but we see kind of everything. I've seen some crazy deal structures. What, what, what's like one of the deals that you're like, this is a quintessential micro acquire type deal. Can, can we walk through one of them as an example? Yeah, there's, there's a lot like every week we create these. Cause these are like, you know, they're not you know, deals that are going to make the headlines of like Wall Street Journal or Forbes or anything like you'll never hear about them, but they're life changing to it's a life changing moment for the entrepreneurs selling their business because um, they own the whole business. So if you sell the business for two million dollars, like you're a millionaire, congrats. Um, my favorite story just off the top of my head, um, I have a few, but there was um, a student in India and he created a platform that helped uh, other engineers pass engineering tests at Google, all the fan companies. And he sold it for a quarter million dollars in India, all cash um, to actually one of my, my investors too, which is, you know, kind of how the whole circle can kind of come around. Um, but he just wrote me this really heartfelt, you know, email saying like, dude, you like changed my life. Like $250,000 in India at age, I believe it was like 23 or 22. Um, he was going to pay off his debt. He was going to buy something for his mom. Um, and again, a microcore, we don't charge any commission. So I just said like, congrats, like, can you write us a review? Um, like, you know, I'm really happy for you, but you know, uh, we always like to say, you know, we want to create these small, but life-changing acquisitions, um, for startups all across the globe. So this is a story that happened in India. We're very active in, uh, I like to say, every continent except Antarctica. Uh, we're still, we're still working hard on that one. Got it. And so when you start to look at, uh, this exact type of, uh, of business, what, what strikes me, I guess, is, uh, some of these are technology only, no revenue, no anything. Some of them have revenue, uh, but not profitable. And then there's plenty of businesses that get sold on here that are profitable. And, you know, so we look at it as like, that's like a quote unquote real business, right. In terms of it's got staff, it's got a product, it's got uh, um, uh, revenue, profit, et cetera. Is there any trends that you see in terms of like where the sweet spot is? Is it like, hey, if you get to a million dollars in revenue, you've got a higher uh, possibility of selling the business on micro acquire or get a product built or get to profitability? Like what, what are some of the best practices maybe that people should shoot for uh, to be able to have a better chance of actually getting someone to buy their business via micro acquire? 
Yeah, great question. So uh, first one, so we stopped listing um, pre-revenue startups. So we only focus on businesses because really what um, buyers are looking for is product market fit. They want to buy traction within a business that has, you know, because your other route is you think of an idea, you get customers and that process can take two years. So by acquiring a company, you kind of fast forward, you know, two years or whatever. Um, so we don't list any um, pre-revenue. If we do, we're really picky about it. Um, but I would say it really depends on the entrepreneur's goals. Like if they want to sell the business for $100,000 or $500,000, um, you know, building it up to a certain revenue threshold and then pricing it correctly, understanding the acquisition process. On MicroQuire, I don't want to plug MicroQuire too much, um, but we have all the resources on like, we have a whole course on what to expect, how to value your startup correctly. Um, but if it was me, I would, I would probably, you know, shoot for, you know, a million in revenue minimum, um, because that just opens up a different buyer pool. So every bucket has a different buyer pool. Um, some of the larger buyers are only looking for businesses, you know, over a million in revenue or over a million in profit. Um, so it really depends on like, what's your personal goal is 200,000, 250,000, like the, um, individual in India, uh, that's like $10 million in, I don't know the conversion rate, but um, it was life-changing for him. So, um, you know, I would just, you know, press entrepreneurs to kind of ask themselves, like, what do they want to get out of an acquisition? Is it one or two or $3 million? And then work towards that. Um, but we do see a lot of businesses where the entrepreneur had built something great. They've already moved on to something else and they're just looking to sell the business. And it's a great business, happy customers, but, they're really kind of shooting for something larger. And so they're looking to sell that business, uh, use the funds typically to um, invest into their new venture. So it just depends. Like there's just buyers that will look for different attributes. So there's no like correct, like, I mean, I guess if I had to say like, what's the best way to succeed on microware, build a really good business, grow it to 10 million in revenue, make it really profitable, have zero churn, uh, be growing uh, 400% year over year, and then you'll get like a million offers. Uh, that would be good <laughs> advice for any entrepreneur, my friend. I, that is not unique to MicroAcquire, although I appreciate you positioning it that way. Uh, I've got hey, hey, no, no, we're headed there. We're, we're, hey, you'll get, you'll get the next investor update. We're headed at market. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my, I've got my, two. I, micro is a new macro, is how I like to describe it. True <laughs> facts, facts. Macro uh, choir. Joe, Sean, what questions do you guys have? Hey, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Um, obviously, a lot goes into the acquisition of a business, depending on kind of the size of it and whatnot. But do you guys have legal counsel or like M and A advisors that work with you, or is this uh, something that you like help facilitate through a third party when when the issue comes up? Yeah, good question. So uh, we help in two ways. So we have in-house legal counsel. We have an in-house um, investment banker slash business broker. Um, and we also, if you go into MicroCore, we have a whole directory of M&A advisors, investment bankers, business brokers, attorneys, accountants, people to help with escrow, due diligence. So we've built basically um, a directory of third-party services that you can hire to help with your deal from negotiations to pretty much every aspect of the acquisition. But another thing that we're doing on top of that is we're building tooling to really standardize the acquisition process. Because a big, a big challenge that we see with people that are maybe doing their first acquisition is they kind of like get to terms. And they're like, what do we do? Uh, just put all your assets in a 
you know, doc and I'll look them over and stuff like that. So we're building tools uh, like a letter of intent. We have a letter of intent builder coming out. Um, I believe like maybe next week. So I click, click, click letter of intent. And then other things like due diligence, how do you accurately, you know, assess the financial health of the business? Then on top of that, how do you accurately assess the uh, quality of the code that you're going to be buying? And that's a tricky one where, you know, you, as a founder, you don't want to give access to all your servers and stuff before the transactions closed. Um, so we're thinking about tools to help with that. Um, and a number of other things like, um, you know, what to put in a data room. Um, so we're building this like guided acquisition approach. And then any step along the way, if you have like, okay, I got to due diligence, maybe it's time to bring an M&A advisor. We have, um, I believe, uh, 50 plus M&A advisors that you can hire and their ranges or their rates range from, you know, 2% to 10%, depending on the size of um, your deal. John, what do you got? Andrew, what is the communication like between the the seller and the buyer? And you were talking about how it's very, very hard to underwrite a lot of that stuff. And you're basically, sometimes you're just looking at a P&L and trying to make a decision based off that. So what is the communication between the buyer and the seller? Again, it depends on the sophistication of the buyer. But within MicroQuire, what we can do is you can connect Stripe, you can connect um, ProfitWell, Barometrics, um, Google Analytics, um, we're actively working on other integrations like Zero, So we can give you, you know, financial statements. We can show, um, you know, churn, MRR, growth rate, all that sort of stuff. Um, but again, it depends on the buyer. But uh, the best advice I can give to founders looking to sell their business is just come prepared, like a P&L with just, you know, a healthy snapshot of your business over the past three years can just meet like be the biggest difference maker because it gives buyers an immediate look into the health of your business. Um, but the challenge there is a lot of smaller startups don't have that. They don't have an in-house controller. They don't have an in-house VP of finance. And yeah. so we're also building tools to help create those documents to make um, the acquisition process smoother. So um, it varies. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's some really savvy sellers that come in and, They've sold multiple companies on MicroQuire and they kind of just have it down. And then there's some that, you know, need a little bit more handholding. And um, so we're, we're focused on both sides of the fence where we're helping, you know, some of the more experienced buyers with better matchmaking, like, Hey, this is a great startup. You could speak to them. And then for some of the startups that may not know, like, what do I need for an acquisition? Um, we're building tooling to just make their lives um, easier as they go and, you know, speak to a really experienced buyer so we can really, you know, kind of level the playing field. Cause you know, right now, if you're a founder and you sell a company, it's like your first time ever. And then you're talking to someone who maybe buys companies for a living and it's Tuesday for them. So, you know, we really want to help founders, um, you know, empower them so we can maximize their exit essentially. Have you guys seen a micro acquire flip yet where someone bought a business on your platform and then sold it? Yeah, we have. Multiple times. And even funnier, we've seen uh, MicroQuire clones uh, <laughs> sold on MicroQuire. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, incredible. Yeah. So uh, MicroQuire user MicroQuired a MicroQuire clone on MicroQuire. <laughs> like, That's all time. That's, That's when you know it's working though, yeah. right? 
Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, we're very neutral. So I look at them and one of them was really good. Um, it, it didn't have a lot of traction, but I like the brand. I like the founder, but we don't bid on them. We let free markets like, Hey, if you want to compete, let's go. Um, again, you know, our only goal is really just to help more entrepreneurs, uh, get acquired and succeed. And the more people that want to kind of get in on this business, come on and join. So I just went to uh, the marketplace here as a micro acquire user, uh, and uh, I'm looking at companies that could be purchased. And this is uh, just the uh, the first couple. By the way, uh, you two, you guys may not know this. Me, I'm a premium buyer on micro acquire. I got a little star. Oh yeah, I'm I'm premium. Because oh, everyone knows that the what did you no buy on micro acquire? That buy a micro acquire. What 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 did you do on there? What, to get? What, would it be helpful to explain just kind of the business model like behind micro acquire? Right explain yeah. it to these uh, knuckleheads over here, Andrew. All right. Um, so basically, what we do right now is we don't charge any sort of commission fees to sell your business. Um, we're going to be changing that and charging a small commission fee um, pretty soon here as we. Because what we want to do before we charge commissions is we want to add so much value to the acquisition that it stays on platform and then buyers and sellers are both more than willing to pay a small fee to get the deal done correctly. I think of it like insurance. Um, and then right now, we just charge buyers um, access to be able to contact sellers. So the best way to think about that would be like, um, it's kind of like a Ferrari shop. You can go sit in the Ferrari, but if you want to contact the owner of the I'm terrible with analogies, but um, uh, if you want to know like how many miles, like how did you maintain this? Um, would you negotiate on price to pay for that level of access? Um, you'd have to pull a pump and go premium. <laughs> Facts. Uh, <laughs> the things that are on here right now, I'm just going to read through a couple of them real quick. So there's a AI powered screening tool for high volume recruiting and staffing does revenue of, $360,000 uh, and was started in January of 2018. It's got a nine person team. Uh, 